Welcome into a brand new edition of The Golf Club, an original podcast on the great ESPN Chicago app. It's Carmen and Yurko today and our special guest Bob Herrig in just a second. And then a little bit later on, more picks with Randy Merkin and me and Adam Abdal is going to be in. We'll try to pick another winner for the Travelers as the PGA Tour rolls on. But he's one of the best in the business. He covers golf for ESPN.com. He is Bob Herrig and he's joining us this week on The Golf Club. Bob, how are you? I'm hanging in there. How are you guys doing? We're doing Great. we're doing well. We have really enjoyed the return. Uh, you know, the fields are fabulous. It's much different, but it's great to watch a live sporting event. It's great to watch live golf. I know you were in South Carolina uh, for the tournament this past weekend. From a reporter standpoint and someone that's covered golf for so long, can you just give us an idea of what it was like covering an event that probably looked and felt a little different? Yeah, the word I keep using is eerie. This is very eerie um, because uh, you show up at a tournament site, any PGA Tour event, early in the week, and there's a little bit of a buzz. You know, there's there's uh, on Tuesdays there's there's a you know it's not full house, but there's there's a there's a good bit of activity. There's people looking for autographs. There's there's uh, there's spectators following the big names. They're huddled around the putting green or the driving range and none of that is there you know it's just players caddies um you know a couple dozen volunteers rules officials and a few media people and even the media people are very much restricted and where you know where they can go uh so it's just odd i mean you know hilton head looked great everything about it looked like a tour site ready to go with with roping and scoreboards and, 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 you know, just a golf course in pristine condition, but just nobody out there, you know, and uh, that's, that's sort of the, the, you know, the, the predicament we find ourselves in here now, although, you know, there is a tournament coming up where they're hoping to have spectators, the, uh, you know, the Memorial in a few weeks time. Uh, But uh, I think for the most part, this is how it's going to look. And it's great to have it back though. I mean, the BC alternative, if you ask me, it was great to see golf, and uh, you know it's great to watch it on TV. Yeah. Do they test you uh, when you go in when you're covering these events at the start of the tournament? No, they so far not. Uh, now at the Travelers Championship this week, the title sponsor, their Travelers and Insurance Company, was making that a requirement of everyone. Okay. But the tour basically is only testing about half the people on site, all the players, all the caddies the key tour officials, rules officials, and certain volunteer-type people who would come in contact with the players, but the rest are not. And, you know, to be honest with you, I think that's a bit of a hole in the system. Uh, And yet we're finding that testing isn't the be-all, end-all. You know, there have been a few positive cases already, and in, in, uh, in both of the instances, they had tested, the players had tested negative for, uh, once before. And then they later test positive, you know, a couple of days later with, with not much of a change. So, you know, even testing, and I think, I think it's an eye-opener for these guys, there was, this, there was this false sense of security if you tested negative on Monday or Tuesday. It sort of was like, okay, well, great, now I'm good for the week. As long as I don't be around anybody else who hasn't been tested, I should be fine. Well, as we, as we know, there's an incubation period. You know, you might have contracted it two days earlier. It might not have shown up yet. So there is, you know, there is some risk here. It, 
golf can work because guys can be distanced. Uh, but it does sort of point out that, you know, you still have to really be careful uh, in everything you do if you're going to try to go out into this environment. Nobody wants to get shut down. You know, I mean, there's all there's all this talk about, well, hey, they're young guys. It's, you know, a lot of, you know, they, they might be asymptomatic. True. But if they test positive, they're not allowed to play for two weeks. Right. You know, so that's not good. You don't want it, yet, whether it bothers you or not. And uh, so um, it's going to be really interesting as we continue to move forward and how this all plays out and how the restrictions are viewed and, and if they even try to tighten them a little bit, which is, I think, something they might consider. Bob, what's your access like to the players? Is it easy for you to get to them? No, not at all. It's completely different now, um, and it's understandable. You know, look, in a, per- in a perfect world, um, this would not be ideal. But the way it basically works is this. If you are in, if you consider what would be called an interview room interview, like somebody that they would bring to the interview room for a formal interview with a moderator and people asking questions from the floor, those are done via, via Microsoft team, um, uh, video. And so the player might be in the room next to us. But we're all asking our questions via computer. He can see me when it's my turn. I can see him. And it actually works very well. Worked very, very well uh, uh, last week. Uh, you know, all the big names came in pre-tournament. The guys who lead or are near the lead after the rounds do it that way. And then there's another form of interview. We call it the flash area. It would be like guys that are requested who might not be in the lead or who might not come to the interview room. Those are done with questions that are submitted by the media and are asked by pool reporters or PGA Tour media officials. So like last week, there were two pool reporters uh, that were allowed, just two. And I was worked into that rotation several times, and we would ask the questions uh, from about 20 feet away. And you would just walk up to a microphone and the players behind uh, – you know, a, a roping. We were nowhere near him, but obviously he could see me. I could see him, and uh, the media people stayed stayed distanced. So you know, the the difference is is if say a guy like I've been using his name Charles Howell, a guy I know who's been on tour forever, somebody who's who's very well spoken, has ideas, has good thoughts on things. Let's say I wanted to go get him after his round which I would do any other tournament and I could just wait him out after he signs his scorecard. I'm not allowed to do that right now. I would actually, I would have to go to the tour media officials and request him to come to that flash area and do it in that manner. And if they elect to not bring him, I'm either out of luck or I have to hope that they'll ask the questions to him for me. So, you know, look, that's not an ideal situation for us, but, Given what we're faced with, what can you, you know, what are you, what are you going to do? I mean, it, it's it's a monumental task for these guys to pull off these tournaments, and uh, they're trying to be safe. We've already had a few positive cases. You know, these guys travel from all over the place. They are not in a bubble like you're going to see for the NBA and the NHL, and so there's going to be some issues that crop up. And the last thing they want is for us to be contributing to it. 
Yeah, and so as you mentioned, a couple of those positive cases. First, it was Nick Watney. Nah, this uh, this week we learned about Cameron Champ, and then just today, as we uh, record this podcast on Wednesday of this week, we have learned this morning um, that Brooks Kepka has pulled out of the Travelers because his caddy tested positive. So we know of three positive tests. You already mentioned this, Bob. I mean, it's kind of imperfect right now. We know that it's pretty fluid, but a couple of weeks into this, does the tour? feel like i mean they must feel like they're kind of pulling this off successfully right like are these the numbers that they kind of expected early on i'm not sure what they expected but i think where there might be a little they might be a little bit troubled is the cases we're seeing so far aren't really happening in the tour environment nick watney went home after he missed the cut at the uh charles schwab tournament he lives in austin he flew to Hilton Head with Sergio Garcia. He tested negative on Tuesday. And then he had some slight, slight uh, symptoms on Thursday night into Friday morning. Stuff that wouldn't have caused him to withdraw from the tournament otherwise. But he, he alerted them, which is the thing that, you know, which is the noble thing to do. Yeah. And he took a test and it was positive. You know, and so it's probably likely that he got that when he was at home. You know, and and the same with Cameron Champ, who who just tested positive uh, on uh, on Tuesday. He he didn't play last week. He flew to uh, uh, to uh, Connecticut from his home. Uh, he lives in the Houston area and took the test Tuesday. And was positive. So, I mean, that's two instances right there where these guys weren't in the midst of the tour when they got this, or at least that's what we think. Now, what's interesting is is their caddies didn't get it. None of the players that they were around got it. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't know if you saw earlier, Brooks Kepka's caddy tested positive, and so did Graham McDowell's. Oh, I didn't know they Graham McDowell's. Did, oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they both decided to withdraw from the Travelers, even though they tested negative. So they're, you know, I think they're doing the upstanding thing there. They don't want to take a chance. But the, 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 the uh, you know, McDowell missed the cut last week. Uh, Ricky Elliott, who is Kepka's caddy, tested negative uh, when he first arrived on Monday and then, and then on Wednesday got it or, or had it. So, you know, again, this is, I think they're learning as they go. One of the things that, that I was surprised at when they first announced the, 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 the protocols was that, um, that they weren't going to have a tighter bubble like for where they were going to stay. And I think maybe going forward they need to consider that. Put all the players and caddies in the same hotel or two hotels and because you can then know that they're not – you know, you're lessening the chance, obviously, if they're all in the same place and they're not venturing out. And I think they have to make stricter rules about going out. You know, um, they're sort of leaving it up to them to be responsible. Well, I was in South Carolina, and I'm telling you, man, they, to, the people there, and it wasn't all locals. It was people that flock there on vacation. Mm-hmm. So they acted like COVID-19 never existed. <laughs> I cannot, att- I mean, it's, it's sad. I can't tell you how many places I drove by people all over the place, out into the parking lots, you know, 
there wasn't distancing going on. There wasn't half capacity, uh, you know, and, and, you know, you hear from people, well, Hey, look, you know, I'm not worried if you're worried, stay home. Well, okay. But except I can't stay home. I'm out trying to work now and I'm trying to stay safe and you might not have any concerns about it, but unknowingly you could bring it to me or me to you. You know, so this is the thing, you know, you, you guys are in a state that's been very restricted. I live in Florida where we've opened up and you've seen the cases yeah. spike. It's no coincidence. It's because people have gone back and they've just been a little bit too cavalier about the way they're doing it. It can work if we open, but, you know, you better only have half the capacity in that restaurant. And they better be spaced and the workers better be wearing a mask. You know, and so if all those things aren't happening, then then we're taking a big risk. We're talking to Bob Herrig. It's the Golf Club podcast. So there's another tournament this weekend with another great field, even though uh, Brooks Kepka, as we just mentioned, had to pull out. That's what's been fun about this return. And if they can continue to do it in a manner where these players are uh, safe and they can keep playing week in and week out, I think it is fun and it's a treat for golf fans. I mean, they eviscerated that course last week in rather benign conditions, but you could tell these guys are chomping at the bit ready to play. The other big story outside of all the COVID stuff and the return has really been Bryson DeChambeau, uh, his look, the way he's hitting the golf ball. I mean, if I, look, I mean, you've got, I don't know, there's got to be 70 guys on tour these days that hit the ball 300 yards, but it sounds <laughs> like even, you know, like even the guys that hit it big and long are kind of like stopping on the range, looking at the shamble going, wait a minute, like what's he doing right now? How far is he hitting it? It's insane. It's amazing, isn't it? I mean, and, you know, I'd like to sit there and think, God, I wish I could just gain 30 pounds of, you know, by working my tail off and be able to hit the ball 40 yards farther. I don't think it would happen. You know, I mean, you got to give the guy some credit for, for figuring that out and making that work for himself. Um, because it kind of goes against conventional wisdom, right? Don't yeah. we hear today, even still, that bulking up too much is not good for you? I mean, as much as Tiger improved his own fitness and his and his strength, you know, we all know that that might have come at a price. Mm-hmm. You know, he had back issues. Clearly, they had to be related in some way. You know, so so it's a um, it's it's a really tough deal um, that uh, that you know for for some people in that regard. But Bryson has embraced it and feels like hey, this is going to help me prolong my career. I'm going to avoid injury by being stronger. And by the way, I'm going to get a huge benefit out of it, club head speed and greater distance. Abraham Answers putting on a show here too. I mean, I don't know how you go uh, to the, you know, to the final round. Uh, I think he's tied for the lead last week. You hit every friggin' green in regulation and you shoot six under and you lose. I mean, like, are you? I, it's like, are you kidding me? I mean, how could that possibly happen? But I love it. I'm looking at the price this weekend. He's twenty to one. I mean, the way he's is anybody hitting their irons better right now? And is anybody more locked in than Abraham Answer? Yeah, you know, it's funny. To, wouldn't that be depressing to hit every green? <laughs> I mean, God, you know, it's, it's exactly what you're supposed to do, right? And he, and he. And, and he, you know, maybe he'd say, okay, well, if he hit every green, he didn't make enough putts. But you'd still want to hit every green. Oh. And, uh, and to not come out on top has got to be a little frustrating. I do think it speaks to the first two venues um, are, were play- certainly Hilton Head especially. It was played at a time of year when it normally is not. 
that place in April is a different golf course than in June. Mm-hmm. You know, in April, the week after the Masters, it's, it can be chilly still. It definitely can be windy. Um, and so the course, it's the course plays firmer and faster. Uh, because it was so hot and humid, they have to put water down. And, and so it's softer. Yeah. You know, that, can, that keeps balls from running into the trees, and it helps you hold the greens. And so they went nuts. I mean, they beat the... Uh, the the previous scoring record was beat by two shots, and that record was Brian Gay like uh, ten or eleven years ago, and he won by five or six. Hmm. So so like that, the twenty under was the record. That was a bit of an out uh, of a aberration to begin with, and then this they they beat it by two. You know, I mean, it was there was there was like I don't know, ten or twelve rounds of uh, of uh, sixty three during yeah, the week. Right. You know. Must be nice, but I, I think as now this week is another week where the Travelers is another one where the course is typically yields a lot of low scores, and that's just how it's worked out. And and in a way, that's good. Let them have at it. They've yeah. they've had to wait for all this time, and uh, I think it's you know let them make a bunch of birdies. I, I think we're going to get some tough venues soon enough. When will Tiger play? My guess now is the Memorial. You know, I had thought he might play one of these ones with no spectators. In the back of my mind, it was like, okay, he plays one and waits for the Memorial. Clearly what's happened is he decided, I'm not going to get ramped up until that tournament, and then things have the chance to get busy. You know, because the PGA Championship is three weeks later. The, the, uh, the, um, then the, P, the FedEx Cup playoffs, which, you know, one of those events is, is in Chicago at Olympia Fields. Um, I don't think he'll play all three of the FedEx events, but I would expect him in Chicago. And then, you know, a, a couple of weeks after the Tour Championship is the U.S. Open. So, um, uh, anyway, it's, uh, it, it's, it'll be busy enough for him, but I still kind of thought, man, he has a chance to play one with nobody around. That would be great for him. <laughs> yeah. All right, Bob, we appreciate all the info, all the knowledge. Thanks so much, and we'll talk to you soon, okay? Thanks, guys. Be well. So we appreciate Bob Herrick's time. Lots of good info there. Adam Abdallah joins the golf club now. We did this last week with Mark. We're trying to find some winners for people. Weekend number three brings us to the Travelers uh, in Connecticut. As Bob Herrick said, uh, another tournament where oftentimes the scores are low. We had a bunch of good info last week for everybody. I don't think any of us gave out any winners, though, did we? I did not. I did no not, winners yeah. for me. No, Xander Shoffley did not uh, do well. No. Jordan Spieth, again, kind of had his moments. But Jordan seems to be struggling to put four good rounds together right now for whatever That's reason. That's a problem. Yeah. Um, so what are we thinking for this weekend, Abdallah? We'll start with you. Listen, I'm going to ride the bison until he wins. So It's not a bad idea. I like the bison this week again. He's 9-1. He's, to one. he's one of the favorites. Right now, the favorites. 9-1. to one. I got him at uh, 10. You could have gotten him at 12 earlier. I, I yeah. looked about 14-1 yeah. earlier in the yeah. week. We're taping this on Wednesday afternoon, uh, Wednesday late morning, early afternoon. I looked about an hour ago, about uh, 10.30 Central time here in Chicago, and Bryson, J.T., and Rory were the nine to one favorite. Okay, you can get him side. top five at plus three fifty, which yes. isn't horrible. What I like to do is I'll make a bunch of bets and then I'll cover myself with top with, with a top five. Yeah. So like Bryson to get top five at plus three fifty, I'll hopefully make up all my losses exactly. with the Bryson top fifty or top five. So I think he. I don't think it's a flawed logic though. Here, maybe play the Bison while he's playing this well, just to see. Like his only issue is sometimes he goes on tilt for a few holes and mm-hmm. he kind of loses it, like he did last Saturday. But what he's doing to the golf ball right now. 
And again, on a course that's not an 8,000-yard course, I mean, not that for him it doesn't matter. I mean, he's just obliterating the ball. Yeah. And, I mean, he's going to put himself with a lot of short irons in and a lot of good situations where he can attack pins. And I I think it's – you know, I don't think it's crazy to keep play him. Even if it's just top five and you're only getting maybe three to one on your money, you might as well the way he's playing right now. He's finished top ten there the last two years. You know, we've seen what he's done the last two weeks. My other one – is the guy who's done well there the, uh, the last few years, Bubba Watson? I'm with you. I'm, thirty-five uh, yeah. to one right Th- now. Bubba is thirty-five to one, and he's plus five seventy-five for the top five. Bubba yeah. Watson is one of my bets for the top five. He's won twice, like Abdallah mm-hmm. said. Plus what for uh, top five? five plus seven? five seventy-five okay. for top five. He's won there three times. Like yes. that's I'm going with Bubba Watson. Courses my, for courses. My last one is my long shot fifty-five to one is uh, Mark Leishman. Mark Leachman's a good Leishman. pick. Sorry, yeah. That's okay. So, yeah, I like him. I mean, this That's is also assuming everybody plays. <laughs> yeah, right. Kepka had to pull out. Yeah. So, I mean, but I like him as my long shot, 55 to 1. I like it? that. Yeah. What do you like, Eric? Sung J.M. Sung J.M. the direction I go at 35 to 1. It just seems long to be shot. a golfer that's always in it. And it's not, you know, I look at long shots, I'm looking at 125 to 1 when I look for long shots. Yeah. Really long. Any of these top 30 players can win any week, really. They can just blow up on you. Dustin Johnson's a guy, when interested, can play the best golf in the world. When interested. The problem is, how do you know when he's going to be interested or not? But I've got him at 28-1. to 1. If I was going to take a flyer on Dustin Johnson, I might do it this All week. Right. Maybe I should stay away from this philosophy because it burned me last week. After the Colonial, I rolled with Xander into last weekend's tournament. And he was terrible on Thursday. Bounced back with a real strong Friday. Made the cut. Was awful. On Saturday, yeah. when everybody's shooting 65, he shot 75, then bounced back with a great round again on Sunday. I don't know, but I've talked about him all week long. Abraham answer right now is really locked in, and his iron play is absolutely sensational. Now, maybe I'm setting myself up here for failure because uh, what's he have left in the tank after going out and just tearing up the course on Sunday and losing? The guy shot six under, hit every green in regulation, and he lost. It's like, are you kidding? But I love the way he's hitting the ball right now, especially with his irons. He just seems to have the demeanor for it, too. He's got mad game. He, this is not a long shot. Like Yerk said, any of these guys that are in the top 30 or so can put it together and win. He's only 20-1, to 1, but that's still where my money is going to be to win the tournament, 20-1 to 1 on Abraham answer. This that's week. a long shot, though, 20-1. to 1. Well, See, for golf now, you But know. here's the difference. You can have this conversation on the odds couple, but when we look at, like, when the playoffs start for baseball and we jump on a team, you know, like we jumped on the Nationals, yeah. and we're like, that's oh, long we're getting 12-1. to 1. Yeah. You're looking at a golfer saying 12-1 to 1 is not a long shot. Yeah. That's a long shot. Yeah, but it's you, a different sport. I understand that, okay, but if I'm looking sport. at 12-1 to 1 for anything, like, I'm looking at I love 20-1. to 1. I know, but when they start the week off, the highest guy is twelve to one. Sometimes yeah. Rory McIlroy at the beginning of the week they had a twelve to one. Sure, yeah. right, exactly. And then as the betting comes in, they make yeah. the adjustments exactly. along the way. I'm going to play now, him top five too. He's only five to one top five, but I'm going to play both. If, if you're a fan of the boobly one, Phil Mickelson's at one twenty five to one. Now that's a long shot. Now that's a long shot. But that's what I'm no, talking about. One twenty five to one. Play great. No, he hasn't played great, but he is also one of those veteran guys that can play like Furyk did last year at the Players Championship. Yeah. Nobody expected Ferrick to come out of you know, wherever he came out of, but there he was, birdieing 18 to put some pressure on Rory McIlroy to make things happen. He did. Rory McIlroy responded, and Rory McIlroy ends up winning. But that's a nice top five for a Furyk that was probably 150 to one going into that oh, tournament. I bet you're right. So yeah. top five probably would have paid you 18 to one, that's 22 yeah, yeah, to one, something like that for yeah. a top five. So that's a big payday for you. Right. So in these situations, you always find a big payday. I also like to find a guy. Missed the cut, went home, worked on his game, 
is going to come back this weekend yeah. and really have an impact. Anybody you like? Not yet. I'm right. still doing my analysis and my studying. <laughs> well, th- but there thing, are great names. Nothing. I mean, this yeah, is the end of the No, 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 no. I said, no. My point is that's an angle that can be played. It's a good angle. I see what Take you're saying. Take a look. i got to yeah. crunch the numbers. I'm still crunching those numbers, Carl. All right. Well, that's it for us, uh, gentlemen. Anything else, Abdallah, or is that oh, it? that's it. All right. That's that'll do it. Enjoy the travelers this weekend. I hope everybody gets out there and uh, knocks that little white ball around a little bit, maybe pink, neon, whatever you're doing these days. But have fun. Hit them straight. uh, And enjoy the weekend, everyone. And we'll see you again next week on The Golf Club.